Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. We got a great episode for you guys today. We got Jake Ellen Bogan with us. We got a full slate of stuff to get to. Before we do, guys, don't forget to go give us a follow on social media at LA underscore Rambling Bears, my personal. For Jake, it's at JK Bogan DTR. Uh, you can find both of our podcasts either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, Locked on Rams for myself and Downtown Rams for Jake. Go check out his website. Uh, if you guys are looking to get into the writing game, hit him up, man. He is adding to his staff. Uh, it seems like every day they're adding some really great people on there and getting some really great content through the offseason. And the draft is coming up. And and that is where Jake really starts to excel. He's had some really great people on the podcast. We're going to talk about a little bit about that today as well, some of the guests that he's had on recently. We're also going to talk about the upcoming East-West Shrine game, the Senior Bowl, what those events are like, and, and uh, really for the Rams, how important they are kind of moving forward, as well as a little bit more about uh, that Luke Kinkley and the shocking news of his retirement and what does that mean for maybe some of the other players around the NFL and then, of course, a little bit more about the OC and DC. We want to hear uh, what Jake's take are on some of that. So, uh, great episode for you guys today. With that, we're going to get right into it. East-West Shrine Game and the Senior Bowl both on the horizon. The Rams without a first pick. So, you can expect a heavy presence from the Rams organization at these events. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams. And this is your lead story. Jake, the Rams have proven over the last few years that they are very comfortable finding talent in the mid to late rounds. How important do you think these two events that are coming up, and what do you expect the Rams to take away from them? Yeah, you know, they're, they're very important, um, you know, especially when, when you're talking about teams that don't have to, you know, look for head coaches right now, teams that aren't, um, you know, preparing for a Super Bowl or an NFC or AFC uh, championship, unfortunately, like last year. Um, you kind of have to put more emphasis on this. And, and normally, you know, you would say all the time, but you do obviously have, um, you know, those teams that are more focused on, on the here and the now, and that's why they hire certain guys um, to attend, you know, those set events. For instance, like last year, I would have been absolutely shocked uh, to see Les Need or Sean McVay, um, you know, at the Senior Bowl when, you know, they're preparing for a Super Bowl, right? Uh, however, it, it does happen, and the year prior, uh, Les Snead was actually there. Uh, this year, uh, I would imagine that you would see one of them. Um, you know, a lot of these coaches, you know, coaches get their, their contract extensions at the Senior Bowl at times. Uh, there, there's a lot of negotiating. Um, this is how, you know, co- like new coaching staffs are formed. Um, you know, relationships are built. So the Senior Bowl and uh, the East-West Shrine game, they're important for more than one reason. You know, like, the connections there, and I'm not just talking about, you know, coaches, I'm not just talking about myself, but even just the players in general. Uh, there's just so many connections that you build there, uh, first and foremost. But second, uh, it's really important for draft stock uh, for these players. Because when you think about it, there are a couple guys, uh, for you know, for the Senior Bowl um, that are, you know, playing – at these three schools, uh, the Senior Bowl loves to give the 
D3 standouts, a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, last year, one that kind of stands out to me, not really a D3 guy, uh, but somebody that, you know, had some exposure. I uh, was kind of a YouTube darling. People, you know, got to know who he was. And that was Delaware uh, safety, Nasir Adderley. Uh, he went to the Senior Bowl and really showed out. He had a, a pick six in the Senior Bowl game. Uh, but it, more importantly, he really showed out during the Senior Bowl practices, as well as somebody like Darnell Savage out of Maryland, uh, who, you know, is somebody that I felt was more of like a third, fourth-round pick. And he balled out the Senior Bowl and ended up going in the first round to the Packers. So you truly never know until they get there. Carson Wentz is somebody – you know, coming from North Dakota State, really had an opportunity to kind of, you know, show out um, at the Senior Bowl. And it really put him in the number one overall pick discussion, which, of course, ended up being Jared Goff. So, you know, there, it, it definitely works in different ways. Now, for the Rams, for instance, you're looking at a lot of guys that you're going to have to manage. First and foremost, you talk about Jalen Ramsey, whether he's extended or not, uh, we don't really know. But, you know, there's been some cryptic messaging uh, going on on Twitter that maybe would suggest that Jalen Ramsey has signed a deal and they haven't announced it yet. But regardless, you know, it's Jalen Ramsey, like you said, Michael Brockers. Uh, you know, you talk about Corey Littleton, you know, guys like that. Uh, obviously, Dante Fowler. You have to be looking at the next step. First off, are you going to bring those guys back? And even if you do or you don't, you always have to have a backup plan in the NFL. Uh, it's a next man up league. So regardless if you're able to bring them all back, which isn't very likely at all, um, you want to be able to find that depth, and, and you want to really stockpile it uh, from watching the Senior Bowl and East West Shrine game, uh, a type of, you know, all-star games. And I think it's really important because you get these guys, and they all are on one playing field, and it's the SEC guys, and, you know, you can have a guy from, uh, you know, Jacobia State. I just made that up, but my, my point is, <laughs> you know, you can literally just have all sorts of guys on the field, and it really – you know, gets to, goes to show you the best of the best uh, play, and they, they really get to show you what they're made of. So it's really important for a multitude of reasons. Uh, what the Rams will be looking at, though, is stockpiling their depth. They don't have a first-round pick. Uh, the Senior Bowl isn't going to have every first-round pick, but they do have a, a decent amount. However, they are really good at, at, you know, basically showcasing the depth of the draft. I think it's really it's something that's bode well for the Rams in the past. Keep in mind, Cooper Cup, third-round pick, Gerald Everett, second-round pick, Josh Reynolds, fourth-round pick, all came from the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, there are definitely value guys that, for whatever reason, they go to the Senior Bowl, they show out like somebody like a Will Harris, and they don't go as high as you imagine them to. Um, you know, we saw DK Metcalf last year, somebody that wasn't at the Senior Bowl because he was a junior, but, uh, you know, DK Metcalf is somebody that kind of goes to show you really anybody could fall. So, I mean, it really kind of shows you, you know, these games are important. The whole process is important. And it's important for not only the players, uh, not only the fans, and not only, you know, the you know the media, uh, which if you want to include media, you absolutely can, but also the coaching staff, you know, right. the team. And they're going to be doing their homework, uh, you know, in the next coming weeks. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. I'll actually be out there third straight season at the Reese's Senior Bowl hoping to someday, you know, make it to both of them. Uh, but I wasn't able to make it to the East West Shrine game uh, this year. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to be excited to talk to you uh, as you're down there and after you come back and just all the things that you see. But I think you made a great point really at the beginning talking about the Rams and their involvement. Really, if you look over the past couple of years, how many players they've picked out of that 
uh, group from the senior bowl. And, and, you know, not saying that they're only picking senior bowl type of guys, but at the same time being involved in that process and seeing uh, some of the players that they've gotten and, and being able to find that talent in the second, third, fourth round uh, has been big. And, and the chance for them to have this full off season, not to be preparing for games right now, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, take an opportunity to find a benefit for that. And I think that means doing a little bit more homework, especially now that we don't have a, a first round pick again, that they've got to dive deep into that. So, uh, you know, look for the Rams to be heavily involved. And like you said, either one or two of those guys at the top to be out there uh, to keep a close eye on these guys. Cause there's tons of town out there and they're going to have to find it again later in the draft. So awesome stuff there. What we're going to do, we're going to step aside. We got some more great stuff coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more as Jake kind of mentioned some of those free agents, what are we going to do to replace them? How is that going to look as far as adding depth at some of those positions? Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit more about Luke Kinkley, his retirement, all that coming up. Thursday edition, Locked on Rams, right after this. Can you believe it's conference championship week already? Uh, it was only a year ago, and it was us. But time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, that's for sure. But you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. All you got to do is draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, every throw, and every catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Oh, and for you new users, you also have a free shot at winning over $750,000 on your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new users and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. All you got to do, download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a limited time. Both new and existing users will get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Can't write, can't write, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Can't write, can't write, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Can't write, damn right, all right. And we say, hell yeah. Well, we talked yesterday about the shocking news of middle linebacker Luke Kinkley retiring at 28. Uh, you know, as I say, I mean, shocking. That's the only way you can look at a guy at that age and the way that he played. Uh, but he said it himself, you know, the style that he played kind of wore his body down. He knew it was the right time for him. Uh, we got a guy on our team. I talked briefly about this yesterday, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's only 26, two years younger than that, but he's gone through his fair share of beatings with concussions and uh, the style of play, which he plays, which is a, a tiny speed receiver. And he's going out there across the middle sometimes, or uh, even, you know, when he's cutting back, he's taking those big hits. Uh, what do you think this might mean for him? Do you think it opens up uh, his eyes a little bit? Do you think he's focused on his own thing? He told us he was fine. He wants to continue playing. Or, you know, at what point does he evaluate this during the offseason? Or uh, just your general thoughts on, you know, Kinkley's retirement and how it may affect Brandon Cooks, if at all. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, props to you, man, for bringing up Brandon Cooks because I was thinking about more how it would, you know, affect the Rams because now I think the Panthers become the favorites to go out and get Corey Littleton, somebody that I think is going to be your your best bet to replace that type of production. Uh, and obviously you can't really replace Luke Keekly, uh, but Corey Littleton is probably the best on the market. So, you know, I, I think it definitely makes it so. I think at this point the Rams don't plan on signing him. I don't think that they can afford to just let him go. 
So they would probably have to tag him and then potentially trade him if they don't want to actually bring him back. But that's neither here nor there. You make a great point and more serious point about football health. And, and that's really, you know, where we're at with Cooks. A lot of people, um, you know, look at the contract and they think, well, you know, if he retired, it sure would help our money situation. But just think, like, unselfishly, you know, and just think about what that does. Just think about how, like, look at Luke Keekley, who's 28 years old. He is never going to have a normal life. Like, when he now, like, he's retiring, like, he said it's it was, you know, it was time. However, it was already time. You know, when, when these guys, and I think that's the thing that some people just don't understand. When these guys decide to play football at a high level, like the NFL, or even college football, playing the SEC, playing the Big 12, playing the Big 10, any of those. I mean, you are putting your body on the line. You know, it, it is not an easy profession. It's why they're compensated so greatly. You know, it, it's it's pretty incredible, honestly. And unfortunately, it leads to a multitude of health issues down, like later on down the line. And Luke Keekley is already feeling that. It's not like Luke Keekley is preventing himself any further. Right. He is. But he's not, you, you can't prevent yourself from injuries that have already occurred. You can't prevent yourself from those, like, concussions uh, that you already established. And, you know, I think that's kind of the thing with Cooks, because Cooks has already had multiple concussions. Cooks, at this point, I think might be on a one more concussion and you're done type of deal. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I don't. I think he is trying everything he can, especially because Luke Keekley is 28 years old. Brandon Cooks is 25, I believe. So, especially, you know, playing the wide receiver position, I mean, Jerry Rice played it just till you know, he was in his 40s. You know, I think guys feel as though they can continue to go. Larry Fitzgerald just announced today that, you know, he was going to um, play for his, I believe, his 17th season. And so, you know, I think that definitely matters. Um, you know, I think that that position uh, – I mean, albeit you can't be, you know, an all pro at, you know, 38 years old, or at least not everybody can. Um, but I think it gives you, you know, you, you definitely have your options to continue to play. And, uh, you know, I think that's really the important thing here. Really quick. It's crazy. As you talk about, you know, Brandon cooks and where he's at and, you know, he's right on that line of, if he has one more then it's probably too far past the line, but that's how, that's how thin that line is because you could argue right now that he already is, that are across that line. If, if you, if you need one more to be, you know, that scared, you got to retire. It might be that time. And that's the thing that that does. And I know you talked about the salary that it could save. And, and if you want to look at it from, you know, a football operations side, uh, but looking at the human side, it's like really, you know, you, you look at how, how awesome Brandon cooks is as a dude, uh, as a man, as a, you know, as a husband, uh, as a teammate, all those great things. But I just, I worry for him just because how many, you know, how far do you push it to try to be a good teammate to where you hurt yourself in the future where, you know, when you're 40, 50, uh, you start having some really issues. So, I mean, I don't know how to address this. I think, you know, hopefully the Rams and their medical staff, I mean, they've had multiple conversations uh, during the season, but maybe they revisit this and start to talk about it. And I'm not saying that Luke Kinkley would really fire this up, but at the same time, uh, it is really interesting and it's, it's something to look at and, you know, definitely has you thinking. And, and it was funny. I didn't even think about Luke Kinkley moving away and that, you know, Corey Littleton might be the number one target for them. But as you said it, you know, his light bulb went off in my head and said, you're right. That that's another interesting thing, how these, you know, NFL is all tied together. 
Um, you know, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see, especially with what, you know, Brandon decides to do, but it sounds like everything that he wants to do right now is come back and play football, especially as the way the season ended, not the way they wanted to go. So, I mean, he's probably got a pretty bitter taste in his mouth that he wants to get back, play a full season and get back over a thousand yards. Like he's done almost every single year in his career, which I think he's done until uh, this last season. So, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But if, if he, you know, let's say he does or doesn't either way. Uh, do the Rams want to look at the wide receiver position in the draft? Is there a guy in, you know, maybe fourth, fifth round uh, that would be a good fit for the Rams that, you know, potentially you want to start adding some depth in case of something happens to Brandon Cooks? Or, you know, if you're looking at some of the other guys that you're not entirely thrilled with is you're looking at wide receiver five, six, and seven, uh, you know, is that something that, you know, is out there? Do you see anybody in the wide receiver area that would fill that role for the Rams in this draft? Yeah, you know, I think at this point, you know, round evaluation is kind of a crapshoot because these guys haven't gone to the Senior Bowl yet. They, you know, they haven't gone to the East West Shrine game. Well, they, I guess they start today, but uh, you get my point. They haven't gone to all the, the the entire draft process, so you know this could change. But you know, I look at somebody like uh, you know Antonio Gandy Golden uh, from I believe Liberty. Um, you know, somebody that I think is really intriguing. Somebody that intrigues me the most. You know, coming into the Senior Bowl. Um, Denzel Mims from Baylor. I, I like him, you know, big body receivers that kind of, you know, the Rams don't really have that right now. They have, you know, Cooper cup is the biggest receiver on their roster. Which is uh, crazy, Josh right? Reynolds is taller. Yeah. Josh Reynolds is taller. But he's not as filled out as Cooper cup is. Um, you know, he doesn't have a, as much meat on his bones, if you will. Uh, but you know, there are definitely guys, um, that, you know, could be interesting. Um, you know, I, I think Van Jefferson from, from Florida, I think, is somebody, you know, to, to watch out for. It's a really good receiver group. And so if the Rams want a receiver late, early, however they want it, you kind of can get a receiver however you – I mean, there are so many guys that are in this, this group right now. Uh, it's pretty depth-filled. Um, you know, Devin uh, Duvernay uh, for uh, Texas – is another one. I mean, there, there are so many guys, and, you know, I think the Rams will really have their, their pick of the litter um, if they choose to go that route. Do I expect them to go that route? I don't really know. Um, you know, I could see them, you know, going and trying, you know, the, the route that many teams like to do, you know, the teams like the Saints when they're like, hey, you know, I remember, uh, you know, what, what's his face uh, from – you know, the, the bears, Cam Meredith. And, and, you know, I remember his 800 yard season and right. potential. So, you know, why don't, why don't we sign him for, you know, the veteran minimum, somebody that's lost his way. Maybe we can bring it back. I think it's something like that, you know, where like Arizona tried it with Kevin white. It doesn't always work. Right. As a matter of fact, it works probably 15% of the time, but notice when it does, it's a thing of beauty. Just go back and look at a former Ram that uh, had some success with the Rams, Bradford's rookie year, went to uh, Dallas and turned into a little bit of a mini star and a fantasy star, um, you know, with the Cowboys until he ended up signing with the Jaguars and kind of falling off the face of the earth. But, you know, we're talking about guys like that, you know, where if the Rams kind of see fit, they've already done this. They've already shown they went out um, for the offensive line position. They went out and they got Austin Corbett. Yeah. And sometimes another person's trash is uh, another, another person's treasure. So uh, that, that is kind of, you know, my thought the Rams might, you know, look at a player that you know, may 
have had the talent and wasn't in the right positioning. I mean, I know they do a lot of evaluating and all that. So, you know, you find a guy in free agency that you like and that fits better in your system and you, you go get him. Yeah, well, that's the exciting thing about all this offseason stuff is just trying to find the new fits. I mean, we've got a new offense coordinator, defensive coordinator. So many different moves are going to happen in free agency. Uh, who's going to be coming to the Rams? And we saw the last couple of years that this has been a nice little destination spot for some veterans. And we'll have to see who that ends up being uh, this coming year. So lots more to get to. In fact, uh, we got a question from one of our listeners that we'll get on the other side about another one of these potential free agents and who might fill that role. So we'll get that on the other side. Thursday edition, Lockdown Rams. More coming up next. Before we get over the next segment, talking to you guys now about Possibly the best deal we have on the network. And I don't mean just on Lockdown Rams. I mean the whole network. And now I'm talking about Dave Robles. Or as I like to call him, the man, the myth, the Robles. Dave owns a company in LA called Think Real Estate, which is part of Keller Williams. And he's one of the top producing realtors in LA for over the past 20 years. Some of the things I love about Dave is he's an LA native and he knows the city in and out. Also, FYI, he's a Rams fan. That's one of the reasons why he's giving you an opportunity to go into the 2020 season with season tickets. Yes, new stadium, new uniforms, new hope for playoffs in 2020. And you could be there. All you got to do is give Dave a call or go to DaveRobles.com. Because if you're on the fence about buying or selling a home, Dave is the guy you got to talk to. And don't just take my word for it. He's got excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews. One of my favorite stories is when he was telling me about all these other agents trying to sell a home for $799,000 and they couldn't get it done. He took over the house and ended up getting it sold for $850,000. He literally put $50K into his client's pocket by just taking over and knowing how to negotiate in the local market. So don't waste any more time. Go to his website, daverobles.com, R-O-B-L-E-S, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Tell him I sent you, and if you buy or sell a home, again, season tickets, 2020, brand new stadium. It doesn't get better than that. And if you're leaving the area and you can't take those tickets, he will find something of equal value or give you a discount when you buy or sell a home with them. So either way, it's a win. Dave Robles, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, all right, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, damn right, all right. And we say, hell yeah. So as we left that last segment and we came into this third segment, we were talking about uh, a question we got from the listeners. And we always appreciate when you guys reach out. Uh, Don't forget to hit us up on uh, all the different social medias. You can find us at Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. And for Jake, it's JK Bogan DTR, as well as at Downtown Rams. Uh, We always love taking your questions on the show. And this one comes from... Uh, a guy that we get a lot here on the show, Henry Bear. Shout out to Henry Bear uh, on Twitter. And his question was today, really as we've talked about Michael Brockers, and it seems like we're almost all on the same page that it's just maybe time to move on from him. Uh, but his question is, if the Rams don't re-sign Michael Brockers, which players on the roster can step up in his role or will they look outside of the building to replace him? Yeah, I, first off, Henry is the man. He, I mean, he follows everybody in Rams uh, media, Rams Twitter, uh, what have you. Just a great guy. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to him. But it's a good question also, and I'm not shocked. Um, so 
So, yeah, really good question. As far as Brockers goes, since they're going to stick with the 3-4 uh, in all likelihood, uh, you know, I think you could look at, you know, maybe somebody if you wanted to try and see if uh, Morgan Box would bulk up. Uh, he just really needs to be around that 310 mark. And, I mean, that's a lot of bulking, but, I mean, he could do that, I think. Uh, I think Tanzel Smart, I'm, I'm honestly ready to let him go. I, I don't really think he does a whole lot. Um, you know, Michael Brockers, again, you know, you could argue bringing him back, but, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day is, is I guess, I, I just look, I look at this team and I see more so, let's look outside the organization. Let's look at the draft. Let's look at guys like, you know, and I'm not saying these guys will be there because, again, you know, draft evaluations right now, round evaluations right now is kind of a crapshoot. But, um, you know, Javon Kinglaw uh, from you know, South Carolina, uh, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, Richard Lawrence from LSU. You know, I think there are definitely some guys that you could look at that could replace Brockers. And then a free agency, of course. I mean, uh, you know, I, they don't have a nose tackle. I, I really am not sold on Sebastian Joseph Day. And once again, you know, the guy I really liked last year and was wanting the Rams to go after Danny Shelton is going to be, a, you know, likely become available. So I think he'd definitely be an interesting option. Um, you know, it's just kind of, I would probably look outside the building because I think the Rams really let a lot of key pieces go over the years. Um, you know, guys like, you know, we kind of just discounted how big of a role Indomitian Sioux played and, and don't get me wrong, you know, the Rams defense was arguably better this year, but I do think losing Sue and then, you know, getting rid of guys like John Franklin Myers, uh, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say destroyed the defense because it didn't, but the defensive line, I, I didn't feel like had the depth it normally did. I, I felt like this was the least filled uh, depth filled defensive line I've seen. No, I think you're right with looking outside, you know, the, the building. I, I, I think I'm a little bit higher on Sebastian Joseph day than you are. I think he really came on at the end of the year and kind of flashed um, some of the skill that I think that he can continue to develop. One of my favorite things about him and talked about it here is how he's kind of stayed on that right hip of Aaron Donald as far as just, you know, training, learning, listening, uh, spending that extra time with him. I think that can go a long way with his development. I think he's still got a long way. Uh, I think he's rough around the edges, and I still think he can kind of get a lot better. And I guess that that's kind of the thing is over the next couple of years, and, and especially from this year, uh, this past season to this upcoming season, how big of a gap, how much can he jump forward? I think it's really going to show how much he plays, but um, I think he can be that guy. I think Morgan Fox, I, I want him to be involved. I just don't know if he's going to be the, the right fit to replace uh, in that position. I think he does a lot better uh, just even in certain packages and really getting after the quarterback. We saw a little bit at the end of the year when he started getting some pressure up there. So uh, both those guys are good, but I think you're very right. Bringing someone outside the building might be the best case scenario. Finding someone, again, we talk about some of these veteran leaders that we may be missing if Brockers is going out the door, if you know Eric Weddle's going out the door, depending on you know what happens with Littleton and 
you know, all this, maybe bringing in a veteran guy, like you just mentioned, kind of, uh, would be a good fit there as well. So great question, Henry Bear. We appreciate it, man. Keep them coming. Uh, and I want to get to Jake, the next topic that we haven't had a chance to talk to you about yet. And we'll start maybe just with the offense coordinator here. And next time we have you on, we'll talk a little bit more about the defense coordinator because we got this whole offseason to talk about it. But I haven't chatted with you uh, since the new addition to the offensive side with Kevin O'Connell. So uh, just right off the top, man, what are your thoughts, comments, concerns? Talk to me. How do you feel? Yeah, well, going going back real quick, I totally forgot Greg Gaines. Uh, ah, there you so, go. Yes, so did I. Throw that out there. <laughs> it's hard to remember him because he didn't really play a whole lot. No, that's exactly it. But anyway, but uh, but yeah, you know, I'm really happy about this hiring. I, I think this is somebody I brought up on the last episode or episode before. I know he was in my article. Uh, somebody that I was hoping the Rams would go after. Um, I really think the Redskins made a huge error again, and I know it's a shock because they let. Kyle Shanahan go out the door and they let Sean McVay go out the door and Matt LaFleur and Aubrey Pleasant. And, you know, it's it really, really hard to believe that they would let another offensive lineman go out the door because offensive uh, mind go out the door because they don't do that. Right. <laughs> but right. Uh, anyway, um, you, you know, I just think when you look at what, you know, O'Connell was doing what he was building with, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I think it was really impressive um, you know, especially for a resume positioning, because, you know, you get to add that to your resume. Look, Dwayne Haskins, I thought was going to have a way better season coming in. However, you know, he faced what many rookie quarterbacks will face, that the, the game becomes a little bit quicker and they, you know, maybe misunderstood or, or you know, weren't exactly ready for how quick the game was going to be, how quickly you need to make your reads, how quickly you have to react, the the awareness, the wherewithal, all that. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell did a great job of not only uh, taking over the offensive coordinator, coordinator role entirely, sole offensive coordinator after Jay Gruden uh, was fired, uh, but I also think he did his second job well, uh, which was developing uh, Dwayne Haskins. You saw more comfortable Dwayne Haskins at the end of the year. Uh, you know, he is kind of a quarterback whisperer, was drafted by um, the the New England Patriots, um, somebody that, you know, was in that quarterback room. So, you know, he knows a thing or two about the position. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I really think O'Connell, first off, the irony, because Sean McVay, his, uh, you know, re- his replacement uh, yeah. was Kevin O'Connell. So to see them actually acquire Kevin O'Connell is kind of hilarious in a sense. But this guy really gets it. He's a great offensive mind, great young offensive mind. Uh, I think he'll be a head coach in the next two or three years. Uh, I kind of like him similar to a Kevin Stefanski, but I think he's better than Stefanski. And Stefanski just got a head coaching job with the Browns. I think he's really going to be able to help Sean McVay because he's already shown, look, I've been in this role before. I'm totally fine taking a step back. I don't have to call the plays. I want to be with a winning organization. I want to get my name out there. I think it was a huge and very mature move on his part, willing to be part of something bigger and not really worrying about an ego because I know a lot of these guys refuse to not call plays. Um, And you can't even fault them because somebody like Matt LaFleur left the Rams to go to the Titans so he could call plays. And sure enough, it set him up for the Packers job. So, um, you know, I think it's really important that he's already had that experience and I had a you know a chance to sit down and listen to some of his interviews. I mean, he's a really you know well-spoken guy, but somebody that knows what he's talking about. 
um, it was really cool getting to to listen to that whole uh, dynamic because people forget he was actually uh, the OC when uh, they went through that whole big issue in 2018. Um, they had to play Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson. Everyone forgets about that. But that team was still in the playoff race. And they couldn't just, you know, can the season because Alex Smith got hurt and Colt McCoy got hurt. So at one point, funny enough, Kevin O'Connell was actually trying to, you know, gauge Jay Gruden's interest and actually see if it was legal in the NFL for him to actually play quarterback. He he wanted to help the team that much. I think it's kind of a a fun fact, funny story, whatever you want to call it, but it said a lot. And uh, I think it was really cool that he was able, you know, talks about in, in certain interviews, he talks about, you know, what it was like to get, somebody like Josh Johnson, who wasn't even, if you remember, he was getting ready for the AAF. I mean, he was one of the first picks in the AAF and had no idea the NFL was going to come calling. And sure enough, they did. And he remember at the end of the year, he played pretty well. He was, it was really interesting. He played pretty well at the end of the season when they needed him the most. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously. uh, But you have to wonder how much of that had to do with the preparation uh, instilled by Kevin O'Connell, but, you know, just that experience, seeing what he dealt with, you know, with multiple injuries, uh, you know, getting those prepared and then what he did, dealt with with Haskins and just the fact that he has been uh, able to call plays in the NFL, but also been totally fine being a guy that really helps uh, Jay Gruden, you know, develop third down, uh, you know, plays and things along those nature. He is going to be more situationally beneficial for Sean McVay. And I think the the problem is I think Shane Waldron, as much as Sean likes him, I think Shane might have just had way too much on his plate because he was the quarterback coach and he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, similar thing that's going on in Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers made uh, Big Ben's uh, quarterback coach of many years, Randy Fitchner, the offensive coordinator, and it kind of blew up the offense. Uh, you know, obviously it had to do with not having Big Ben, but they just hired Matt Canada today to be their quarterback coach. So you, you kind of see it. Uh, it either goes one way or the other. Right. I think they'll keep Shane Waldron around and keep him as as the quarterback coach. Um, but I think it's really important. You know, some guys can do it, but not everybody can take on two or three different roles. And I think that might have had something to do, uh, you know, with last year. And, and honestly, you know, maybe – it started the year before, but honestly, maybe it just became too much this year. And, and, you know, I, I, I just like the move. I really yeah. do. I think it's going to help McVay and allow him to focus on other things. Well, I'm excited too. I mean, I think you said some really great points there about, you know, some of the experience he brings and uh, just seeing what he did again with the young quarterback taking on the play calling. And then even later in the year, you saw what he did with, you know, a veteran running back like Adrian Peterson. We saw him continue to, uh, you know, gain yards and be able to be efficient that way. So I think Todd Gurley wins with this. I think Sean McVay wins with this as far as opening up some time and allowing, like you said, some of the situational stuff for him to take it on. Also allowing Sean McVay to jump over, maybe have a little bit more imprint on the defense. We haven't seen as much as that lately. So uh, I think it's kind of a win for everyone. Then Jared Goff, you talked about what he did with Haskins. What can he do with Jared Goff to continue to develop there? Uh, and then really just kind of the, the non-selfish nature that we've seen from him uh, in his whole career and being able to step in with his organization and do the 
the whole we, not me that we always love to preach about. So I'm stoked about it. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome addition. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. We'll see what else they do in this offense with the offensive line and some of the weapons that they uh, either add or keep in place there. So still so a lot of things that could happen here, but uh, really excited the direction they're going already. Next time we'll talk about that D coordinator position as well and, and look a little bit further into that. Uh, Jake, we appreciate it, my man. We always love uh, you joining us. In fact, you joined us from the car here. Uh, I heard the blinker going, so we know you're safe on the road. So, uh, you know, nicely done there as well. Uh, we look forward to uh, the next time we get to talk to you here soon, bud. Yeah, I can't wait to have my laptop back and <laughs> be able to use my microphone. But uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you having me on. Sorry about the blinker. I tried to kept, keep that really low, but Man, they make Blaker so loud. It's it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. Safety first, fun, a close second. We appreciate that. So, uh, Jake, uh, always a pleasure, my man. We'll talk <laughs> again soon. But with that, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. You're right, you're right, all right. And we say, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah.